0: John Candy detects the PlayStation's most divisive Final Fantasy game, and Joss Whedon is back on TV, this week on 302010.
1: 302010, 302010, three decades every show, sometimes associated videos. 302010, 302010, so presses are awaiting us. We're going to the 80s and the 90s and 2000s on 302010.
0: Welcome everyone to 302010, the Laser Time Podcast Network's look back thirty. 20 and 10 years ago into the past
2: 30 years ago 20 years ago 10 years ago and it's gonna happen now
0: yes thank you very much i thought he was tired of speaking this week but mm. there he is uh delivering a state of our little union 30 2010 we, we yes we're a little pop culture time machine where we'll talk about all the movies music tv video games released uh in the february 8th to the 14th period mm-hmm. In 1989, 1999, and 2009. Get it? It's 30-20-10. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me?
3: I'm as nasty as I want to be, Diana Goodman. Oh. oh, It's me,
4: Sarah. Tap dancing into your hearts.
0: This oh. is this is going to be an ex- I can't believe this is. there's nothing at all I genuinely love in here, but I've never been so excited mm. to talk about an episode before. Okay. Because it's all just a bunch of weird minutiae that hung around the periphery of yeah. almost all of our upbringings and childhoods.
4: Well, I discovered a high recommend. Did so,
0: you? Yeah. Oh! Hey. I can't say that I did, but yes, let's, uh, this, this show should calibrate where you were at a certain period of time. Obviously, not all of us remember the exact dates, movies and books and video games came out, but, uh, I, I love the way this works because mm-hmm. I can remember all, like, and I gotta say, it's why I like playing commercials and trailers. It really, really helps me remember because oh, I was yeah. so TV mm-hmm. addicted mm-hmm. Uh, at this point in time. Uh, anyway, Starting beginning as we always do in 1989, uh, let's keep it up going with the different strokes news.
1: Okay, oh boy.
0: <laughs> we lightly teased it last week. Uh, Todd Bridges was arrested, and this week Gary Coleman sues his parents and former business advisors uh, for alleging they took a big share of his earnings. Mm. And I believe he's right because he ended up working as a security guard after the most recogni- being the rec- most recognizable sitcom star of the early '80s. Get him, Gary. I know he's no longer with us, but I'll never not love Gary Coleman. He's kind of the first celebrity I ever, like, latched on to.
4: Yeah, I think that's true probably for a lot of 80s kids.
0: Yeah, he had a he had a fun sitcom I was allowed to watch, and then he had a cartoon show on Saturday morning. And nobody yeah. else could say that. Suck it, Fonzie. That wasn't happening when I was born. Uh, but movies of 1989, February 8th through the fifth, the 14th. I should say Happy Valentine's Day, oh. 80s children. Hope you're enjoying your chalky heart candies that we're not getting this year. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that uh, on 40, 30, 20. That'll be the show we do. <laughs> okay. Starting in a, starting in the 16, uh, 26s. Uh, but we can talk about movies, none of which are good, but yeah. all of which are fine. Like, I don't know. Like I, Sometimes you need to see mediocre movies to calibrate what a really good movie is. And sure. I, I bitch at myself all the time that like I look forward... I rigorously train myself to go see this movie with good ratings and Mm -hmm. these movies that got nominated for an Oscars and this thing that's based off of a comic book or toy. And I miss out on, let's say, all of John Candy's movies.
4: Medium movies. (laughs) Everything John
0: Candy (laughs) did without John Candy's. Yeah.
4: Well, and I'm going to apply that theory to one of the movies that we're going to talk about here then in the 80s. Okay,
0: Uh, Starting with the first one, William Peterson, Sean Young, Isabella Rossellini, and Ted Danson in the movie, Cousins
1: wife and maria's husband have an affair there's only one thing larry and maria can do maria would you dance with me larry Kuzinski I would love to dance with you fall in love cousins from paramount reserve your copy today
3: okay so they're this is based on a french movie called cousin No, um which just means cousins they are cousins by marriage ted danson and isabella rossellini And their spouses, Sean Young and William Peterson, are having an affair. And so they decide, we're going to pretend to have an affair to make them jelly. But then they really have
0: an affair. Oh, Is this the movie that George Michael Bluth kept in his sock drawer? Oh, (laughs) It's a good Arrested Development. I think
3: it's the French. Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah, it was the Le Le Cousin de Rouge. Right. Yeah,
0: this
3: is... Fine. I think the best thing about it is it has a really nice score by Angelo Battalamenti, who I usually think of as like David Lynch's creepy keyboard mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. But it has like this soaring orchestral, like waltz score that like every now and then will pop up in huh. like commercials for chocolates or trailers and stuff. It's like, okay, I didn't know that you knew how to use all those other instruments, you weird, creepy guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and also out this week in the movie department. Oh, guess what happens here? Savon, Savion Savion Glover, Glover, Sammy Davis Jr., Joe Morton, and uh, Gregory Hines in tap. You'll never guess what it's about. Yeah, (laughs) I'll let this clip explain. We're talking about the future. The one guy who can do it has his tap shoes back on. After all these years, I don't do it like everyone else. Remember. Come on. Who doesn't want to see oh, this, this movie right now?
4: This movie's great. Yep. This movie yep. is great. This movie
0: is great. Like up. this
4: is my recommend that I teased at the beginning. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. And like you said, just a few seconds ago, you have to see some mediocre movies so you know what good ones are. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a connoisseur of dance movies. Like mm-hmm. if it's about mm-hmm. dancing, I'm probably going to see it, especially modern ones most specifically because the older ones are pretty much uniformly pretty great. Mm-hmm. Newer ones less so. And this is one of the best ones I've ever seen um when it comes to bringing in actual dancing done by actual the people who are also acting a lot of times they cheat dancing scenes in movies by showing you hello save the last dance the top half of julia styles and the bottom half of a real ballerina (laughs) i was looking at that that, that
0: cast list and like i know who Savion glover is he's definitely a dancer primarily sammy davis jr of course then i'm like joe morton like Oh, of Blues Brothers 2000 fame.
4: Legendary scene chewer, Joe Morton. Yeah, that man I mean, I chew a scene like no one it's
0: else. Fucking Rad and Speed and uh, Terminator 2. Love that yeah. guy. And, yeah.
4: And, oh, yeah. And, and Gregory Hines, Gregory of Hines. course. And so, Gregory
3: Hines, literally like the best tap dancer of his generation. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, I can just see him, but i like, what kind of roles could we find for Greg? I mean, he's done some stuff <laughs> here, the not dancing movies and some dancing. You know what? Let's just have a showcase. We're going to put on a show. Let's get. Gregory Hines, best tap dancer of generation; Savion Glover, best tap dancer of his generation; mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. Sadly, in his last movie. Yep. Wow. Uh, just an all around amazing entertainer. Let's just have an excuse to do a lot of tap dancing.
4: Plus, there. So part of the story is that he gets out of jail from being a robber type
0: an person. legal tap dancer.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> from yeah,
4: from that. It's, <laughs> it's hard to steal from people when they hear you coming. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he went wrong.
1: Let's skedaddle. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and he goes back to his uh, girlfriend, I think, b- from before, whose son is played by Savion Glover. Ooh. So this is Savion Glover tapping as a child, and yeah. he's phenomenal and then he goes back and sammy sammy davis jr is the father of his girlfriend and it's him sammy davis jr and a bunch of like older tap veterans Mm -hmm. who are actually tap veterans from real life um arthur duncan bunny briggs howard sims steve condos harold nicholas and jimmy slide that's not his real name his name's that because he invented this unique way of tap dancing that involves sliding your feet around And there's a scene where Gregory Hines is like, oh, I'm you guys don't have any legs left and you guys can't tap anymore. And then they all smoke him. They all get (laughs) in a circle and they do their own solos and they are all like their 70s or whatever. And they tear the house down. It's Mm. phenomenal. Etta James is in it, singing. What the fuck? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And it's like one of the tap movies, one of the dance movies that I've ever seen where there's so much good dancing. Like, the story is not really important. He's trying, you know, he's getting dragged back into his old life and he doesn't really want to do that. He just wants to the, tap. The and, clips
0: show a bunch of awesome set pieces. Yeah.
4: It, it's, that's exactly what it is. There's a dancing in the street part where they incorporate a construction scene. Ooh. I mean, if you like dancing movies or just a joyful expression of human achievement, this is the movie for you. I'll
0: describe it to the kids out there, the the boys out there. It's Gleaming the Cube for tap dancing.
4: Uh, A (laughs) hundred percent.
0: Which is is one of those things I complimented Gleaming the Cube on that it's like of the era. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of musicals of the era. Yeah.
4: And certainly not a lot of dance movies. I mean, so I was classically trained in ballet point modern jazz
2: we all were for
4: a long time (laughs) but i came into tap only a couple years ago and it is fucking difficult Mm. i thought Mm -hmm. it was gonna be super easy because i've had so much experience in all these other dance styles (laughs) no it's really difficult and it made me appreciate this even more so yeah i go to bat hard for this one
0: diana pop quiz who is who was the last dancer to manage to break through as a movie star, because I've seen Gregory Hines not dance, but he usually dances in every movie he's in.
3: Patrick Swayze, Channing Tatum.
0: Channing Ta- oh, Channing okay. Tatum. Okay, yes. I think that counts. I'll allow it. Yeah, I'll allow yeah. yeah. It. Not the most conventional kind of dancing, but it. Uh, no,
4: it still counts. But very talented. Very mm-hmm. talented. Very talented. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I really, I'm just thinking I'm avoiding talking about the next film because the next film is something everyone in my school and summer camp talked about, but like no one has ever bothered to watch again, including me mm. for this episode. Yeah. Annie Potts, right. Jeffrey Jones, and John Candy in Who's Harry Crumb? A long line of great detectives has come to an end.
1: Oh! Who oh. is that?
0: Harry Crumb. Master
5: of disguise. I am the Jules de Lioche.
1: Could you spell that? I don't think so. Try it with a D. Mind like a steel trap. God's gift to women. Ah! John Candy. Who's Harry Crumb? Looks like this one. Get a little rough. Rated PG-13.
0: Oh, it still makes me very happy to see it because it's it's I mean, got everything a kid would love in it. For sure. And like I mm-hmm. I wish Chris Farley had half the movies of John Candy because he's in so much fucking garbage. I wouldn't put that in this category because it's like I didn't know until later on that John Candy you know cut his teeth as a sketch performer. Mm-hmm. So getting his own Fletch movie where he plays a master of disguise, bumbling detective is not a, is a way better role for him than half the other shit you've seen him in without John Hughes. Yeah,
3: yeah that's just, true. Like I just said about TAP, hey, this guy's got a strength. Let's just build a movie around this mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So it's incoherent and got critically panned, but like kids loved it. Kids fucking loved this movie.
3: Well, yeah, he's wearing funny costumes, he's saying funny things, and then somebody falls down. Yeah, everybody loves <laughs> it
0: when Fatty falls down. That's a Chris yep. Farley quote right that's there. That's true. Mm-hmm. But the, perhaps the greatest thing about this, the greatest thing we can talk about nostalgically... Going into video stores, because Harry Crumb, like some things have like a poster when you go mm-hmm. into a video store, mm-hmm. a standee. I believe I talked about winning minute work, a standee for minute work. Harry Crumb had a, both a mobile, and if you look at the poster, it had suction cup hands that stuck to the window. Okay. So what that meant for video stores is since nobody else made a suction cup character to stick mm-hmm. on the window or a mobile, if you went into independent video stores, not you saw Who's Harry Crumb shit into fucking the the late nineties, <laughs> especially if you
3: oh, all sense. sun bleached and stuff. Yes, yes. Wow. I, I yes. totally remembered it as sun bleached, and yes. when I saw the actual posters, like, oh, that's right, it was actually colors. I I really
0: <laughs> think I stumbled upon something we all can relate to because, like, if you went to if you like a like a video store by by the beach or in the mountains, like something that a guy's been running his whole life, you. Saw this Harry Crumb thing all over the place. And I, oh. I maybe me want to buy one on eBay. But I'm showing self-control. Mm. So I will not do that. But a Harry Crumb. Harry Crumb, not not the greatest John Candy movie, but you know what those are. I think if you wanted to revisit something that's not totally embarrassing, uh, Harry Crumb, I have seen it somewhat recently. But it was it's like, oof, this is not as good as I remember. Mm. It's no hot to trot. Uh, <laughs> 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 but it might trump the next movie on in the movie that's number one at the box office this week uh, not
3: happy Day the- happy <laughs>
0: valentine's day uh, clearly not the original stars if you'd seen the original movie Daphne Zungia and Eric Stoltz in the fly 2
1: you can finish your father's work you're as brilliant as he was
2: something odd is happening to me and I don't know what it is
1: Fly to like father, like son, or weighted R.
0: Yeah, because uh, things didn't turn out too good for Goldblum at the end of mm. Dave Cronenberg's A Fly. But <laughs> uh, this movie I've only seen once, uh, and I don't remember being underwhelmed by it. It's a fun 80s movie and everything. Were
4: you just whelmed?
0: Uh, I was just whelmed. Yeah. I was just whelmed because like, yeah. you, you need Cronenberg for. If you really want to see a guy turned inside out, get David Cronenberg. <laughs> True. Or at least Clive Barker. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: mean, it's. Yeah, I watched a big chunk of it. It was better than I was expecting. Yeah. And the effects are pretty good. They're not quite as good as the first one. He's, the Brundlefly is not quite so goopy. Um, <laughs> the goopiness really sells it in the Cronenberg one. Um, but it was okay, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like the makeup effects and stuff are pretty good.
0: Yeah. Mm. I, I think if you, if you can, I wish this was, I wish it was a kind of the movie you could still catch on television because mm. back when I had Encore, this played all the time, not the Fly 1. I had to wait until oh, wow. I could get it. Encore. DVD. Encore, baby. I haven't thought
4: about that in a while. <laughs>
0: well, hopefully I'll have a release date at some point where we can talk about it again. Uh, the Fly 2, ladies and gentlemen, moving to television of 1989, <laughs> February 8th through the 14th. I meant to mention this earlier at the top. Or no, Diana mentioned this. This mm-hmm. is the second second movie in a in a couple weeks where we talk about that our this constant trend of remaking French movies mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. We had uh three fugitives. Pure luck, another one maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a man
3: and a baby. See, so wow!
0: I didn't know this until I checked this out this week to promote Cousins, based on a French film. Ted Danson is on SNL with musical guest Luther Vandross. Ooh, I like
4: a very romantic and
1: sexual indeed. pairing, indeed. Hey. And
0: in his monologue, I, I, I thought I was very clever by noticing how many French films were turned into eighties comedies, but uh, Ted Danson totally makes mentions of it in his monologue this week mm-hmm. on SNL.
5: A new movie. It's
0: called Cousins. Um, It's uh, it's based on a French movie, Cousin Cousine. And the funny thing is, uh, last year I was in a film that was also a remake of a French movie, Three Men and a Baby. Now, I swear to you, I swear to you, what I didn't know until I got here was the Saturday
2: Night Live itself. This very show is based on a popular comedy series in France. No, seriously, tonight's show. Was taken directly from
0: an episode that aired in France just last week. Now have a look, it's in, you know, French, but you'll get it. This doesn't translate well, but it's a very, very young Mike Myers uh, oh. dancing out with a cigarette in his mouth who gives a French <laughs> monologue until he pees his pants. But uh, <laughs> but hearing Don Pardo scream French yeah. gave me tremendous joy, and That's I had to fun. share it with you thirty twenty tenors out there. In exchange, you share the show with someone you like. Uh, also on television this week, hey, call Sarah's husband, Perry Mason, <laughs> The Case of the Lethal Lesson. This has Raymond it. Just kidding. It's Perry Mason. Uh, and Barbara Hale and uh, Brian Keith. I have not seen any of these. But... <laughs> for-
4: mm. I guess a tennis pro died. Oh, <laughs> I mean, where, that's yeah. a very '80s thing to happen. I feel like lots
3: of
1: tennis you know, pros was, hanging
4: around the '80s.
3: Yeah, I was, every time there's like a Perry Mason or a Columbo TV movie, like I got to go through the the characters and see like, okay, which like cool old timey actors are there? Mm-hmm. Um, he did it. Uh, Mark Mark Harris, the uh, author, just I guess he's going through old Columbo's just because he's got insomnia, and he just posted a picture <laughs> last week that was like, oh yeah, in this Columbo they just walk into an office and yeah they walk into an office and uh it's oh edith head is there playing herself with her seven oscars just arrayed on her desk
1: (laughs) oh cool (laughs) just
3: just for funsies i'm like oh that's why i love the older ones because there were still like classic hollywood people around and it's weird
0: yeah yeah i mean that was a kind of a sharp reminder Seeing Sammy Davis Jr. in tap because yeah. I like, I was, I always assumed this prolific person was dead before I was born. Right. But I just wasn't Same. allowed to watch the things he was in. Mm-hmm. Oh, but when I got to see Cannonball Run, it was all worth it. Uh, <laughs> well, Diana, that was a little esoteric on your end, but mm-hmm. this is huge for me. I figured uh, it was <laughs> huge for me. And so I, I, this will end up igniting a bunch of shit. Uh, throughout the thirty twenty ten, I would guess because my local uh, affiliate, the Tallahassee affiliate WTLH Fox, our fourth network, comes to my town.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow, four channels!
0: It, it wasn't just four channels; it was like, but Fox. I mean, we'll get to it. But with the Simpsons and like Bobby's World and Tiny Toons and Batman, it like really ruled my little world. And we when it first came to town. I was bo- I was allowed to borrow a neighbor's black and white television on the weekend mm. to hook my video games up to. You couldn't get Fox during the day; you had to wait right. until night. Wow. We had, I, I we had, kind of I don't know we had like seven or eight channels uh, in this little town. Like n- not n- nothing ter- terribly interesting. A lot mm-hmm. of Christian shit, mm-hmm. but this was super exciting for a little boy. And it, it, like it's this is the beginning of Fox owning my soul. So I imagine we'll talk <laughs> eight. We had a giant conversation at a bar just this week about Herman's Head and shit we remembered, <laughs> despite only seeing once, remembered verbatim. Mm-hmm. Because that's how much little kids were intrigued by the rival nature of the Fox network. But our city finally gets one, and I think we started mentioning Fox two years ago. If You're seeing the Tallahassee trend? Eh, give it a couple years. See if it catches on. north yeah. of the country? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, enough about me. But see, see I wanted to translate this because like, I discovered there... Afternoon cartoons on Fox, mm-hmm. but The Simpsons really changed my world. Mm-hmm. And I'm, when I, so when I see the title of a TV movie that launched the very next day on uh, <laughs> uh, Valentine's Day Eve, The Hijacking of Achille Lauro, like that's a Troy McClure movie.
1: Oh, that's, okay. That's, it, it sounds, sounds like, like one. It. it sounds
0: like a Troy McClure yeah. movie. <sighs> it's
1: not, but it's, it's, not. it's a, it's a naming, it's con- a very serious. It's a, it's a
0: naming convention right. The Simpsons would effectively end in sure. months by making fun of it. Yeah. Which I think mm. is crazy. Starring Carl Malden, Lee Grant, the general? No, it's a different Grant. Uh, E.G. Marshall and uh, Vera Miles.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, again, some old timers there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, the Aqu- Achille Lauro. Oh, my. Okay. The so, this is an story, actual hijacking that it's happened crazy. in 1985. Oh. <laughs> and it is completely insane. Yeah. Like, I, I remember basically the first half of it. It's a big old cruise ship. They're going from. Israel to Egypt, you know, it's a Mediterranean cruise,
4: and it only takes four guys to hijack this giant Mm -hmm. cruise ship. It actually started in Italy, and it was going to Israel, right? Yeah, okay, and then yeah, so these
3: Palestinian dudes come on, and I mean, the thing it's most famous for is luckily there's only one death, but they shot an old Jewish dude in the in a wheelchair and threw him overboard. Yeah, Leon
4: Klinghoffer,
3: Klinghoffer
0: that's a yeah. crazy name so, for a murder victim
3: yes yeah, so, i mean they hijacked the ship and basically they uh you know want a bunch of palestinian folks freed from israeli jails so they start sorting out the jews and the americans and they're like give us what us want what we want blah and then it starts like going over it starts all these hijackings like they end up going for so long where it's like it was weird that it's a ship you know and they mm-hmm. had like no security so yeah. this guy could just bring everything on but grenades and shit and then like it goes to Syria and then it like gets turned around. It like goes back to Egypt and they like talk the guys off telling them like, no, it's cool. You, you did the right thing. I guess mm-hmm. Palestine, the Palestine's behind you. They talk them off and then like the Egypt Egyptians like put them on a plane and then like America sends jets to force the plane down to
4: get the guys. Yep. It's nuts. It's crazy. They end up landing. I think in Italy, they, I think it's somehow right. the plane ends up, Going back to Italy, and then there was a big fight because it was an Italian ship.
2: Mm-hmm. And so,
4: who gets to prosecute these guys, or who has to prosecute them, and who's going to do the best job of it? And you know, well, it was American they killed, but it was an Italian ship they hijacked, and it's nuts. I highly yeah. recommend looking into it because holy smokes!
3: Yeah, even just reading the Wikipedia article yeah. is like it's like half a book, it yeah. is so complicated. And like, they end up in Yugoslavia at some point, it's like, wait, right. how, what, who, <laughs> yeah. and like then they charge the guys but then like they disappear or one of them gets furloughed for a weekend and he vanishes and then he ends up like one of them ends up being like in iraq working with saddam and we use him as an excuse for the war it's like <laughs> yeah what the <laughs> crap is happening it's crazy
0: i have no problem with any of that i just think it should have been called the boat jacking of killy larum that would make it more troy mcclure
3: <laughs> boat jacking would be
0: fun. the boat jacking,
3: but yeah yeah it's I mean, honestly, it's amazing that everyone didn't die and there wasn't, like, a giant shootout and stuff. But there's – because there's, like, 18 different countries get involved immediately and it becomes mm-hmm. just a clusterfuck of diplomats yelling at each other.
4: That's
0: mm-hmm. fucking nuts. Well,
4: all these poor people are just stuck on a ship with a bunch of guys. Yeah, I think they ended up being stuck on there for about – for 51 hours is what I read. Oh, okay. Which is, like
0: – It's Captain Phillips time.
4: Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. <laughs>
0: but it's a ship. You have provisions.
4: Yeah. True. Yeah. Could be worse.
0: Yeah, it could be worse. Could be worse. It could Ugh. be it could be baby cakes. Ooh. A very Valentine's Day. A <laughs> very already.
4: less complicated story. <laughs>
0: Baby Cakes, oh my God. A, a TV movie starring Craig Sheffer and Ricky Lake. Uh, did we talk about her in Serial Mom yet? Is that this year? I love Serial mm. Mom. No,
3: I don't think we've talked about her yet. We've uh, talked about her in Hairspray.
0: Hairspray, that's right. She's a John Waters darling, but uh, here she is standing on her own on network television in the TV movie Baby Cakes. Ricky Lake is cooking up a recipe to land a man.
2: The way
1: to a man's heart is through his stomach.
5: Will it stir up romance or go up in
1: smoke? Something's burned.
3: Baby cakes. I love how sinister that sounds. Baby, cake. <laughs> yeah. Baby cakes.
1: Baby
0: uh, cakes. Jesus. We just had Simply Irresistible. Out. I guess it was a decade later. Mm. But uh...
3: Okay. So this actually sounds fucking insane. And shout out to the We Hate Movies podcast. This is one of their best episodes mm. where one of them just turned this up and they go off because she is like a serial killer in this she's stalking a dude she's lying to her family saying no i have a boyfriend he's over there and then she's like i think she might kidnap him at some point or something yeah uh tries to she molests him in his sleep it's like ricky lake is like a serial killer and is treated like this is so cute
4: yeah she's like she's a mortuary cosmetic cosmetician
0: She's Rico. Mm-hmm. From she puts makeup
4: on dead people. Mm-hmm. And she sees yeah. him every day when she uses the subway because he works in the subway. It's a very while you are sleeping sort of beginning premise. An odd
0: concept for a movie. Yeah. And an odd... Was it supposed to be darker? She... I have never... Seeing the clip, I've never seen her that big in my life.
1: Same. So
0: it's it's yeah, it's an odd right. leading lady, but it makes sense if they were going to make something truly dark. Yeah. And weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know if that would have just said offended everybody. Tell me in the comments. Uh, we can, we'll can we put you on a show. Yeah, <laughs> the Patreon show. New one up now, patreon.com slash laser time. Anyway, the games, I did a little something special just for the mm-hmm. games this week, because there aren't any. But what I thought was fun is that uh, Nintendo did hold its ultimate game contest in Washington, D.C. Oh, <laughs> our nation's you, capital. Where you get to design mm-hmm. a game uh, in exchange for, like, scholarship money for kids. And I wanted to read directly from the Washington Post article. Yeah, I wasted one of my monthly Washington Post credits on this. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) Sacrifice. Uh, There were 10 guys, uh, age 10 to 15, and one girl. (gasps) That's right. Kate Bellamy of uh, Taco, Florida. Taco, Florida? T-O-C-C-O-A?
1: Never heard of
0: it. No, Tocout, Georgia, whose game was called Voyage to the White House. In this game, you can be either Bush or Quail, and you fight Democrats you hit them with dollar bills. If you make it to higher levels, you fight the peace treaty breaker. And if you beat him, you get to shake hands with Gorbachev. In the end, you go to the White House and kill the tax deficit. And in quotes, everything is fine. (laughs) Oh,
1: Kate, Kate,
4: Kate. We've got to look her up.
0: (laughs) And this is my favorite sentence. Uh, Kate said she started to Nintendo a couple Christmases ago. I love that she
4: started to Nintendo. Yeah, that to they, Nintendo. They wrote
0: about it like it was yoga. That's adorable. Or a drug. <laughs> Kate got hooked on Nintendo in 1988. Yeah. Uh, and the, the winner.
1: Oh my god.
0: The winner was uh, Jeffrey Scott Campbell. You uh, mean she
4: didn't win with that amazing concept? What? It,
0: however, I, I was. How
3: Dan Quayle fighting things? Me too. <laughs> I
0: was. I was able to look up the winner and. He won because of his art style hmm. at the age of 15 years old, and I was able to track him down as a uh, Marvel Comics writer, or artist, cover artist, and someone who had drawn a poster for an, an Nintendo Power that I wrote an article in. So, like, oh, fuck. Oh,
4: wow, wow. This guy, yeah, that's like,
0: crazy. This guy went up, like, years later, would draw the poster in Nintendo Power. How serendipitous. But I thought that was interesting. In lieu of any actual game releases, because that's Love it for that. games. 1989, February, 4, February 8th to the 14th of uh, music. How about that? We have new releases. Spike by Elvis Costello, Mystery Girl, a posthumous album by Roy Orbison, Blessing in Disguise by Metal Church and As Nasty As They Want to Be by two live crew. Mm.
3: It begins! Is this,
0: so it's it hasn't technically begun yet?
3: It's This is it. They're releasing their album, and mm. now the problems start of getting it declared... Uh, you know obscene and trying to arrest people for selling it actually arresting people for selling it
0: yes cuz we did Florida
3: a, being jerks
0: we did a laser time episode um, about banned movies recently and and the ultimate thesis of it was that like the United States hasn't really banned a movie in decades like there's no need yeah. you can force the market helps force out shit like that thank you capitalism but to this album is one of the only things i think ever legally banned as far as music goes and they yeah in
3: in certain areas yeah uh i think it was a couple couple different counties in florida i don't know if it was the entire state of florida saying no it has no artistic merit it is obscene
0: no the the governor was made a big example of this and he i think he ordered the police to pull over people playing it from their cars i was and i (laughs) guess what i'm a little eight-year-old boy and apparently there's a song uh, there's music about boobies and butts this thing was like tape traded around you show up at a slumber party i got this man it's the new one mm-hmm. oh how dirty is it i don't know let's put it on uh this one just says fuck governor martinez over and over and over again but it was still like the like the first time i think i ever heard cursing in music so if you were a little florida boy they cracked down even harder which made it so much more sought after mm. and made two live crew fans of us <laughs> all. thank you very much by the way jack thompson you'll you'll meet him later gamers Anyway, uh, we'll close out the 1989 segment with what's number one on the music charts this week. And that's straight up by Paula Abdul. Ooh, and I can't yes. wait to play more Paula Abdul songs. Uh, but straight up, stay right there because we'll be right back with 1999. We haven't talked about Vinyl Me Please for a while, but this is the perfect time. Because on this week's episode of Laser Time, we're talking about music. Bad music, mostly, in the form of charity songs. But if you like good music, then you should know about Vinyl Me Please the best damn record of the month club. And you can save yourself 10 bucks or more right now in your first three months of amazing vinyl by going to joinvmp.com. We haven't talked about Vinyl Me Please in a while, but it's really great for folks like me getting back into collecting records. Not only is each record pressing exclusive to VMP, they come with supplemental goodies like bonus tracks, collectible prints, exclusive art, booklets, or even cocktail pairings. If that weren't enough, hey, VMP should start calling themselves Records of the Month Club because aha, now they have multiple records to choose from every month. No, you don't have to buy multiple records. They have three new categories, Essential, Classic, and Hip Hop. This month's Essential is Van Morrison's Veedon Fleece. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. Classic is Buddy Guys, Left My Blues in San Francisco. And for Hip Hop, you got T.I.'s King. But you should know you're never on the hook for the exact album of the month. You don't have to join with this month's record. You can join with any previous month's record that's still in stock. And that includes MF Doom, Queen, TV on the Radio, Muddy Waters, and so much more. And with their swap program, you can swap out any month's album with anything bmp has available in their back catalog if you so desire so why not upgrade your music collection with vinyl me please and to save yourself ten dollars or more go to join
2: vmp.com slash laser time would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com lasertime It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the LazerTime network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. So, but
5: we broke up. Uh, she was not pleased with it. Sent me some really nasty texts afterwards. I didn't talk to her again. Mm-hmm. Got another text well, you know, you and you and I were actually at the cocktail party last weekend. And uh, so here is the uh, here's the excerpt here. She takes me out of nowhere to something like, Hey, I went on a date with a really nice guy this to this evening and I thought, um, you know, I I should have liked him or you know, found him attractive, but I don't. I just think I like guys who are assholes like you. And <laughs> And, and so how's, how's playing you,
0: video games to four in the morning with your ripped jeans <laughs> and, your, and your 90s attitude <laughs> fucking Bart Simpson spray paint oh. <laughs> I
5: like oh. assholes oh. like you do like monogamy and, and, and truthfulness um, so <laughs> uh, um, then she uh, and, and you know said something else try to be you know put some levity given the last message that she told me which was something along the lines of like I hope you never experience joy in your life and you die <laughs> You'll probably die at the age of 50. You've only got maybe 12 <laughs> years left. You're going to have 12 more years of working the same dead-end job. It, it's mean in a way. Be I, I, I wouldn't even and,
0: think to be this mean.
5: Oh, it said I was a misogynist and a sexist and an asshole. And that I should have yeah, sided she with must, Is she on Reddit? Anyway, keep <laughs> on You're the biggest pussy I've ever met. Just explain. Now who's the misogynist? It's, Come on. Why, is, the, why the gendered slur? This explains your micro penis, <laughs> <laughs> just an oversized clit. <laughs> and good luck with your midlife crisis, your hair loss, and your terrible schmegma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got I have never been texted the word schmegma. Schmegma.
5: I will never contact you again. You geriatric fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreoncom lasertime.
3: I <laughs> don't like that. That is scary.
1: <laughs> oh, that was
0: Pig off of Morning's Good Morning Spider. I wanted to sound like Matt Penfield introducing 120 minutes because I've never heard of I've never heard of uh, Sparkle Horse nor Pig off of their album Good Morning Spider. Uh, Sparkle Horse in the US. Why that distinction, Diana?
3: It was released in Europe first.
0: Oh, okay, mm, uh, but there
3: wasn't a lot else released this week, so mm-hmm. uh, threw it in there. And because, oh, my God, yeah, when I listen to it, it's like, I'm in my dorm room. What happened? (laughs) I was going to say, we could have gone with The Origin of Love. What? From Hedwig. We could go out with something
0: like that. Ooh. I feel like Diana has closed, like, 16 podcasts with something from Hedwig whenever we give her the choice.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Can you blame her? It's amazing.
0: Uh, And we were just talking about my cats, and there's also a new album by Collective Soul called Dosage. So do yourself a favor. Please look up on YouTube, Collective Soul Cat. It'll be the best 14 seconds of your life.
1: Ooh.
0: And obviously, if you were listening last week, Baby One More Time by Britney Spears is obviously number one. And it will be for some time, I'm yep. guessing. I should uh, say...
3: Do we we mentioned Why Hedwig, though? It's the original cast recording. No, I,
0: I, that's a good question. Why, mm-hmm. diet Why?
3: Because it's uh, the off-Broadway production. and became popular and they released an original cast recording.
0: Oh, oh, so it's, oh! see, I was thinking it was still 89. My bad. I shouldn't be hosting this show. <laughs> uh, but I did host a show this week with uh, Sarah Hello. about uh, star-studded charity songs. Oh, yes.
1: Oh, it was hilarious. glorious. And
0: I, that will absolutely play... Uh, no, I, it's played into this show because we had, to, we had to endure Elton John's Candle in the Wind for so long. Yeah. In, which I still can't believe is the second highest selling single of all time. There's a lot of weird musical My facts God, that come from those charity songs so I encourage you folks if, you, if you've if you liked this little segment of 302010 go check out the episode of Laser Time charity songs. It's really really fun some really really cheesy cheesy shit and you haven't lived and you, until you've seen the rip off Swedish Metal Aid. Mm. It's very very <gasps> earnest. Oh. It is. Which I, I, don't I didn't mind. know
3: there was one. I knew there was a Canadian one. Oh, yeah. I remember Band-Aid. Oh,
0: yeah. There's a Canadian one. Ooh. Mr. Bean has one. It's pretty fucking nuts, this this lost okay. art of the charity song. Anyway, to 1999, February 8th through the 14th. We've told you about the music. Let's tell you about the news. I may have grabbed too much, but I wanted to just – I like grabbing certain uh, pieces of tech news. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on the eleventh of February, Pluto goes back to being the farthest from the sun. It had uh, never been within within Neptune's orbit since nineteen seventy nine, and won't be again until twenty two thirty one. Is this Pluto still a planet, Pluto?
3: Yeah. Pluto is still a planet, but this is part of why they don't—they said Pluto isn't a planet, because it has this wonky-ass orbit where it's actually closer to us than Neptune is for huge chunks of time.
1: Wow,
3: that's right. uh, its It doesn't really have like a circular elliptical orbit. It has sort of a crazy orbit, and part of that's because Pluto's moon is damn near the size of Pluto, and so they rotate, and they make things crazy, and it's weird. Hmm. I like it. Yeah, but I bet you didn't know that you lived a decent amount of time where Pluto was not the farthest planet.
0: I, I, I do did not know that. I do remember that. It was confusing because I think I was eating off a uh, solar system placemat and my dad always had to mention that. That's, that's, not, that's not happening right now. <laughs> uh, nope. And hopefully this will not be the last time I mention Pluto in this segment. If I, can, I just want to see if I can remember. Ooh. It's such a dumb mm, statistic, but okay. I want to I tell you. On, on the 12th of February uh, this week in 1999, the Clinton impeachment trial ends. He went to jail. Yeah.
4: Our long national nightmare is over. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And we never heard of the Clintons yeah. ever again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he needed 67 votes to remove him from office, but he got 45 on, on the perjury charge and 50 for obstruction. All 45 Democrats voted not guilty. 10 Republicans voted not guilty on one or more of the charges. Hmm. That yep. is probably going to be a fascinating thing to look at as we move forward with 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't imagine yeah. 10 defectors of any kind. I just don't. Mm. But to bring you back to nineteen ninety nine, trying its best to catch up to two thousand nine. This is just beginning right now. Sales of flat panel televisions, mm-hmm. uh, plasma specifically, plasma technology, going for uh, between eleven thousand and twenty five thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh,
0: but they, but they're 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 very thin at this point. Your large televisions, like were the size of like three arcade machines put together and mm-hmm. they were projecting weird <laughs> things on a Venetian blind and it looked like shit. Yeah. But we loved it. Um, and also Wait, I went hmm.
4: Read the second sentence.
0: What they can be five inches deep and fifty sentence, inches wide?
4: Yeah, I was I wanted to make a vagina joke, but Dirk! I'm too classy for Dirk that. Goodness. And I was hoping you would <laughs>
0: No, no, my vagina That's
4: vag- why I was giggling silently while you were reading
0: that. No, my vagina is like every one of yours adaptable. It has no da- uh, and I thought this was funny. Amazon.com heard of it? It's the site mm-hmm. where you buy books in nineteen ninety nine. And Amazon has had to offer refunds for all of its books. It has recommended amid criticism that it change publishers uh, for book endorsements. Charged publishers. Charged publishers for book endorsements. Uh, the world's largest online bookseller also promised to tell customers when a publisher has paid to promote the display on its website.
4: Hey, they don't do that in brick and mortars.
0: They, they don't. Uh, they don't. Which I think oh. we talked about that on an episode of Laser Time. It was just, an art- I didn't know that was actually happening. That Best Buy was like, you want to treat us like the Amazon, sh- Amazon showroom? Fine. We will be the Amazon showroom. Mm-hmm. So the things it sells, uh, they're having the people who make that shit pay out the nose to create ornate displays. Mm-hmm. So it looks mm-hmm. like a showroom. So it's no longer just a bunch of shelves.
4: Wow, that explains a lot.
0: It's why you can see the fucking useless Nest display of yeah. smart doorbells from like across the, across the store.
4: Wow, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, but uh, Yeah, and as we know now, Amazon doesn't. Doesn't take money for sponsorship. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you searched Amazon lately, it's your usually your first four or five things that are fucking paid sponsorships. Mm. More than Google. Uh, anywho, I thought that was interesting. Remember when Amazon had book controversies? Yeah. Aww. Simpler
4: times. That's
3: so sweet.
0: Isn't it cute? Uh, and let's move into the movies of 1999, February 8th to the 14th. The first one is notable for. Only me, because I had a small amount of affection for the the show, which aired on Nick at Night, but it's from like the 50s. This one stars Christopher Lloyd and Jeff Daniels in the big screen remake of My Favorite Martian.
5: Greetings. There's something about Martin. He's
1: a Martian. Sorry about that. Something strange.
5: And something out of this world. Zeel. Oh, for trouble. February 12. Walt Disney Pictures invites you to meet Martin!
1: everyone's favorite Martian. Let me down. As you wish.
5: Disney's My Favorite Martian, rated PG. I
1: think
0: nothing says creatively bankrupt like using the Beetlejuice theme in your fucking yeah, movie trailer. Yeah. Like, come on, you can't just use like the Jurassic Park theme in your goddamn <laughs> your goddamn uh monster monster movie. That's sure It's illegal. It's hack shit. But my favorite Martian, one of the least notable movies of all time. I don't think I don't think enough people yeah. have seen it to to hate it at mm. this point.
3: Yeah, it, I I just don't care. I just don't care. Look, the show was dumb. I love Ray Walston, but the show is is fine.
0: It's it's, it's very dumb.
3: dumb. It's just it's really really dumb and hacky. And this movie looks like it's for tiny babies who will just laugh because
4: like a guy fell down or yeah. I don't know. It looks like Someone. the type of movie that's always playing in a pediatrician's waiting room. <laughs> and,
0: mm-hmm. and it should be noted, uh, this is what Disney was doing mm-hmm. in the late '90s before it owned everything. It was adapting yep. shows it didn't own into movies no one wanted to see. Stay tuned for Underdog. I'm sure we'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, it
3: I mean, I'm f- I'm happy those people got paychecks.
0: Who Christopher Lloyd and Cr- Jeff Daniels? Yeah. It's not like they that's weren't getting it. paid.
3: That's literally it. And I hate it.
0: A movie that I I'd kind of like to go to bat for. Hmm. I thought this was kind of funny. I kind of will
3: go to bat for uh, *Blast from the Past* too.
0: *Blast from the Past*. Uh, Brendan Fraser, Alicia Silverstone, Christopher Walken, Sissy Spacek, and Dave Foley, which is why I ended up in the theater in *Blast from the Past*.
5: Since 1962, Adam Weber has been calling his parents' bomb shelter home. But now, he's ready to discover our world.
2: This is your first visit to La La Land. My lucky stars, a Negro. Say what? One champagne
1: cocktail.
5: I thought only hookers drink those. Well, I know mom sure likes them. Brendan
0: Fraser, Alicia Silverstone. What have you been doing?
4: I'm
0: watching television in color.
1: Last from the past. Rated See, I,
0: I don't, this movie, it's not great, but it's not It's not bad either. Yeah. It's a, it's a decent yeah. premise, and it doesn't, it doesn't play itself too loud. Yeah. Um, a man who's been living in a bomb shelter with his parents, who are also Christopher Watkins as he's basic, for, what is it, like th- 30 years? 30 years? Yeah. He, he has no idea it's not the 1950s anymore. And he suddenly emerges in the roaring 90s when they're on their way up. And I think that's about the closest you could get to having the N-word in your TV mm, spot yeah. uh, <laughs> in a major Hollywood yeah. movie. Uh, it's
4: almost like a reverse Pleasantville.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, but it's an, it's yeah. it's a plausible <laughs> fish out of water story. And as I'm wrapping up, Kimmy Schmidt, like it's it's almost the same premise. Mm-hmm. This this uh, naive naive person who's been denied yeah. the rest, of, like the the trappings of the rest of the world for so long, she no longer knows yep. how to behave in it. And that's what Brendan Fraser is. And it's like it's the perfect role for Brendan Fraser. He yeah. can that motherfucker can be really goddamn funny sometimes. I don't like action hero Brendan Fraser. I like this Brendan Fraser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
3: exactly. And he's he's also yeah, like Kenny Schmidt. That's a good comparison because he's also just like unflappably happy about everything. Positive. He's just really really positive and intrigued and like, "Oh boy, look at this! Oh boy. He's so happy about everything." Yeah, it's cute.
0: I remember I remember it's trying to cute. figure out like where the idea came from and this being the um uh, coming from the mid-90s if you were locked inside of a like locked inside of a bomb shelter from the atomic scare age mm-hmm. and then you came out and like Everyone's swing dancing. I know how to swing. So, of course, you can swing dance very well, And you, right. but you'd have to remember, we really cared about that in the 90s for some reason. Swing
4: dancing like was... a lot. Yeah.
0: Thank you, John Favreau.
4: I want to do a bigger dive into that, because it's fascinating. Do you really? Yeah.
0: Okay. Swing
4: dancing thing. What's up with that?
0: What's up with that?
4: I took swing dancing lessons at my local Y, mm-hmm. so I was part of the problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, the movie I did not see not following I can't follow Kevin Costner and everything I know Mm. Dances with Wolves is everyone's favorite but uh, Paul Newman Robin Wright Kevin Costner number one at the box office this week is Message in a Bottle
1: I feel I've been lost you were my true north you wish it was addressed to dear Teresa any girl would want to be loved like that I think we should trace these letters you got him Teresa now they're knocking his door you want to step aboard from the best-selling romantic novel choose between yesterday and tomorrow Kevin Costner Robin Wright Penn And Paul Newman Message in a Bottle Rated PG-13 Starts Friday February 12th
4: Yeah And Hagrid
0: And Hagrid I saw Hagrid in there <laughs> Is that Robbie Coltrane? Yeah And not and, Natalie Imbruglia and Even oh, that song features prominently
4: This movie is not good
0: You don't say
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, So it's, we're based on a Nicholas Sparks right. novel From like the year before So that's a fast Freaking turnaround
0: You can't run them fast um, enough
3: Yeah yeah, whatever. Okay, so he writes what letters to his dead wife or something. He throws them in the water, and then mm-hmm. Robin Wright finds them, and she's like, I have to meet this guy while I'm standing here, well lit.
4: And then he does, and then there's boats, and then, and then it's death like, and boats. You, but of course, she didn't tell him that's how she met him, mm-hmm. and so then it's like they fall in love, and then it's like, You betrayed me, and then. Oh.
0: Now I know what this is. Other things happen. This is is Civil War (laughs) Sleepless in Seattle. That's exactly what this is.
4: Civil War? Yes. This this is during modern times.
0: Yeah, but that that would be the radio equivalent, throwing Mm. bottles into the ocean hoping someone will pick them up. See? Yeah.
4: I gotcha. I should
0: be be a 90s Hollywood executive.
4: I find the Nicholas Sparks... (laughs) uh, industry mm-hmm. the what, behemoth that he's built fascinating like, well, and i, I, I need
0: the like, refresher here well
4: he basically is a machine that churns out books and s- that turn into screenplays that mm-hmm. make a lot of money
0: anything else that, that off the top of our heads uh, the
4: notebook got
0: it i knew i thought that was him
4: yeah uh knights in Rodanthe. and lost one with miley cyrus really in the weeds now yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> almost every year he has one so it's really hard to keep track but oh. I can't look too much into it, because that would mean I'd have to watch any more of this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pass on that.
0: Good on you, Nikki Sparks. And with that, we got to move into the television of 1999, February 8th through the 14th. We'll start with, on the 9th, an -hmm. episode of Will & Grace called The Unsinkable Mommy Adler.
1: Yes,
4: where we introduce (laughs) Grace's mom, who (laughs) is played by... Debbie Reynolds. Oh, man. Yeah. stan a legend.
0: Oh, and the title's a reference to one of her most famous movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: No, honey, I'm having her stomach stapled. <laughs> good morning, good morning. Hey. Come on, girls. Jump in. <laughs> Ma, there's no singing here. It's great to stay
1: up
5: late. Good morning, good morning, <laughs> good morning <laughs> to you. <laughs>
4: I
0: love you no honey so do I damn I got that reference Diana you'd be proud of me
4: so great (laughs) good
0: job that's uh, her doing her singing the rain song
4: yeah she's kind of the perfect person for Grace's mom yeah really shows you how she came to fall in love with a gay man the
0: the gayest straight (laughs) lady ever (laughs) right
4: (laughs) makes perfect sense now it really
0: does It really Um, does. Uh, But also on Mussy TV, Friends, the one where everyone finds out. Yeah. I
4: pulled this one just because this is kind of a turning point episode. I didn't want to spend too much time on it. And also the best parts of it are not really verbal. So the the best jokes of it aren't really verbal. But this is the one where finally everyone finds out about Monica and Chandler's secret relationship. (sighs) And I feel like this is kind of a turning point in the whole series, which kind of turns it from a Ross and Rachel love story to a Monica and Chandler love story. That is
0: strange because Ross yeah. and Rachel were the, the couple. they The show was constantly trying to break up, whereas Monica right. and Chandler got together and never, ever separated.
4: Exactly. and so there's always
0: a couple present.
4: They're cu- they are, I think, better as a couple than they are not as a couple because mm. they play off each other. These two actors play off each other very well, I think. Mm. And I like if you reframe the whole series after this point as – they're the two main characters and everything revolves around them. Whoa. It makes it a little bit more bearable because huh. Ross and Rachel are both objectively terrible people.
0: <laughs> well, that, well, that makes sense because <laughs> I think that's why the show was appealing because the show wasn't about anybody in particular. But right. once you couple start coupling people up, those people end up... Uh, Getting two votes in every situation. Mm-hmm. Mm.
4: Exactly. And then I also wanted to talk a little bit about Frasier, just because this episode is really great, and it's the perfect example of some really great um, nonverbal comedy stuff from David Hyde Pierce. It's called Three Valentines. It's basically three vignettes with the three cranes um, and what they're doing with their Valentine's plants, And one of them is David Hyde Pierce, and it's a completely silent Segment basically about five minutes. Remember this. It's all physical comedy. It -hmm. starts off with him in Fraser's apartment trying to iron his pants, like get a crease in his pants. And it ends up with him setting Fraser's couch on fire while he's blacked out on the floor. (laughs) The physical yeah. comedy huh. in it, it is, is so amazing. good. Amazing. Yeah, I just highly recommend you just go, even just check out that one part. And I actually read a little interview from one of the producers because mm-hmm. at that point they had had a real problem with the promo department at NBC ruining a lot of their jokes and their promos, and, yeah. and they like had a real problem with that. And they knew that if they gave that part of the, if they revealed that part to mm-hmm. the promo department they're just going to show the couch on fire which is the big reveal and it right. would ruin it have some so shit they, talking over it yeah and so they just slipped niles it in. has really
0: stepped in it this week <laughs> on, this thursday
4: <laughs> so they just slipped it in right before it went to air basically mm-hmm. and apparently executives were furious about it because they had not seen it before Use it
0: next week yeah your promos yeah
4: God,
3: anyways relax, yeah this this the the kind of Thing that like I, what I love Frazier and what sets it apart is mm-hmm. that they they will do something so odd and stagey because they have such good actors. I mean, especially mm-hmm. David Hyde Pierce. Yeah. yeah, anything stagey with you know physical comedy or you know lots of running around and slamming doors in French farce style and other or the, just a whole episode that's just two characters arguing mm-hmm. about trying to have a dinner party and ha- watching that fall apart. Just yeah, I don't, I, I can't think of a lot of other places that would do something this weird where, yeah, I don't think that does he say a word the whole time? I know he faints no. a bunch of times.
4: No, I don't think he does. He might like make some verbalizations, but I don't think he says a word the entire time. He doesn't talk to him, anyone else. It's just him. That's one of the things I love about Frasier too, is that like, you know, it's a show that's basically about people who think they're very smart, doing very stupid things. <laughs> like a majority mm-hmm. of the big laughs from it come from the, most slapsticky situations that they find themselves in. I don't know. I just love it. It's definitely worth yeah. checking out for sure.
0: Frazier putting a stamp on it. Mm. Uh, can't be said for either of the next two shows that came out on the 11th. Uh, Maisie, you may know it, uh, you English Brittos, uh, because that's that show premiered over there but gets its uh, launches over here on Nick Jr. And Rob Thomas, yes, of Matchbox 20, his first iteration of Cupid. Uh, it's it's okay. the air. He's the Veronica Mars guy, right?
4: Yeah, and he's not from Box. Right?
0: I know. Okay, okay,
4: <laughs> and it's also that goes away. He
0: also co-wrote Smooth. No, <laughs> okay.
4: Uh, okay. A, <laughs> you got me once. Uh,
0: the Jeremy Pivot version of Cupid, which is like in a smaller world with no streaming. Like people, critics talked about this show for years, and mm-hmm. they talked about it so much and so glowingly. Ten years later, it came back as it with Bobby mm-hmm. Carnival. Right. and the, yeah, so we'll talk about it.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, yeah. In,
0: in the, in the next segment, on another episode,
4: right, right, because
0: it comes back again. But Jeremy Piven, back when he could do no wrong, and the world didn't hate him by default. Hmm. And uh, this is an, an interesting episode of SNL. I wanted to grab it because uh, in the beginning, in the monologue, Brendan Fraser promoting Blast from the Past reminds everybody that his name is Fraser, not Frazier. Mm. And I just watched it before the show, and I still still can't <laughs> correct myself. <laughs> and, but with mus- musical guest Buster Rhymes and The Roots, which yeah, I think is really hi. fucking cool. The
4: Roots join in for our song, too.
0: I have to imagine, other than maybe Greg Kinnear's show, is this The Roots debut on NBC? That could mm-hmm. be really interesting, mm-hmm. because they will end up probably performing the most musical numbers on that entire channel that's when it's all said and done. Also, out uh, on, on Valentine's Day, welcome to Valentine's Day, 1999, 20 years mm-hmm. ago, we have an ABC TV movie <laughs> Storm of the Century from Stephen King, uh, starring Tim Daly, Deborah Ferentino, and Com Fiore. First time ever, a Stephen King original, written directly for the screen by the
5: master himself.
1: What can he possibly want?
5: I'm sure, we'll find out. Only one man, only one network, dares to be this original. <laughs>
2: Give me what I want and I'll go away. ABC is taking February by storm.
1: (laughs) Okay, ABC. I just, I like the little bro,
4: dares to be this original. Yeah. It's a weird thing to say, I feel like. But yeah, it wasn't, it was one of Stephen King's, not previously a novel, novella, short story, just written directly for ABC.
0: Was this during that time that, when did he do his Shining remake? Which is fucking awful that he was a couple years earlier.
3: It was a couple, of years, earlier.
0: Was a couple of years earlier. I thought it was around 1999. Yeah. But his 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 Probably very earlier. faithful adaptation yes. cuz he hated Kubrick's version. That he loved so much. Oh, it's so it's so weird. With the
4: guy from Wings, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
0: Uh, ooh, but NBC's not going to let that stand. We have our own TV. Movie. You
3: know what? what? I have a weird thing to say about this. Ooh. I think the Taking February by Storm, I think that tells me where I was at this time. Ooh. Because somewhere around this time, I was hanging out with my friend in L.A. at the farmer's market in Fairfax. And that's right next to CBS uh, Television City. And sometimes when they don't have enough people for an audience, they go over there and say, like, hey, you want to go see a TV show? So we went to a taping of Politically Incorrect. Mm. And I remember them doing a promo where they had uh, Bill Maher was there and they had he was wearing a tie with like a string attached to it. And they're waving it around like there's a lot of wind and it's like oh, it's a something was a it was like a hurricane thing, but
4: I think it was for this.
0: Wow. Huh. What a wonderful memory.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. That's a very vague, weird memory I have. And it just jogged it just from hearing that? Yeah. Love that. That's what we're here for, people.
3: You
0: never told me you met Bill Maher. Is he everything <laughs> I've hoped?
3: I <laughs> I, no, I didn't meet him. I was just like, well, we have nothing to do. Yeah, okay. Let's go watch yeah, him well, take Politically yeah. Incorrect. i do it. And then. Then we went and got food, and then when we came home, I walked in, and my dad was watching that episode, and I was like, hey, you see that lap and that, like, half a shoulder? <laughs>
0: that's your daughter, baby. Dan
3: Cortez. <laughs> I remember Dan Cortez was a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Cortez, that's me. And my dad's like, what? I
0: was He's either there promoting Veronica's, Veronica's Closet or uh, his Burger King promos. Mm. And, I
3: think we're past Burger King promos, so it. yeah.
0: Such a good period. But uh, NBC is not going to let ABC take over the Valentine's Day TV movie. No! Uh, It's going to... Well, it's going to... What's the... The programming equivalent of counter-suing, but in a different direction. (laughs) Uh, To serve and protect. We have James Franco, John Corbett, uh, Joanna Cassidy, Richard Crenna, and Craig T. Nelson, Coach coach Incredible himself, in To Serve and Protect. An NBC motion picture event. (laughs) They never knew when you'd Strike. 12 unsolved murders in the past 28 months.
5: They never knew what he'd look like.
0: He doesn't want to be recognized.
5: They <laughs> never knew he'd become the deadliest serial killer in Texas. I won't get a good night's sleep until we catch him. When this family of cops vowed to stop him, they never dreamed they'd become his next target. Now he's getting personal. Richard Grenna Craig T. Nelson, John Corbett. Shoot
1: him, there! Shoot him.
0: To
5: serve and protect NBC Sunday.
0: Oh, Frank, chun chun chun. Franco and Aiden in the same movie?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god, I'm so glad I don't have a okay. boyfriend. Otherwise, I wouldn't be home watching this. Very <laughs>
4: dramatic. <laughs> and some real dummy work there, throwing that lady <laughs> off a bridge. Yeah. I, I caught that.
0: And uh that is about it for television this week. And yeah, like television is a particular, like, oof, this is a really, really dry spell. Uh, and especially in the early parts of 30, 2010, but not necessarily yeah. for video. Well, now games. we're
3: in a f- now we're into February sweeps. Yeah,
4: right. now, now we're into good stuff.
3: More TV movies, more gimmick episodes. Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Oh, my God, I love it. Uh, and, but the video games this week are all pretty notable. I already mentioned Mario Party when it came out in Japan, I think, mm-hmm. two months ago. But I wanted to mention it again just because I thought it would tie in nicely to one of the things I'm going to play uh, there weren't any lawsuits filed on behalf of Mario Party, but Nintendo was had a real big hard-on for its analog stick. It was the first video game console to get rid of like what we call the D-pad, or the analog buttons for directional control. It had a stick, uh, just like the Atari joystick that you would use with your left, left thumb. Proved to be pretty difficult in Mario Kart, so uh, apparently... The New York Attorney General's office received around 90 complaints, and no one sued, but Nintendo of America eventually agreed to a settlement which included providing gloves for anyone who had hurt their hands while playing (laughs) the game and paying the state's $75,000 legal fee at the time, providing gloves for the estimated 1.2 million users uh, who who have the game, uh, uh, who might have been affected, could have cost Nintendo up to $80 million. A
4: glove for, like, hand cramping?
0: It kept, it it required you to spin, uh, Mario Party is a bunch of mini games. Right. And and since the analog stick was new, it featured prevalently. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it had to do with you spinning the analog stick in a perfect circle, which it's hard to think about, was really hard if you had been grown up on a D-pad, getting used to the analog stick. Mm -hmm. There was some growing pains there. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were like either wearing out their thumbs or using their palm Mm -hmm. to spin it in a circle, which Mm -hmm. who knows, carpal tunnel, maybe... Drilling into the palm of your hand. I don't know. But I wanted to mention that for the later Stupid Commercial, which they ended up changing. But uh, Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri, back when Sid Meier's game was attra- attached to anything but Civilization games, this is Civilization in Space. What do you want from me, people? I didn't play it. But uh, perhaps the biggest release of the year, speaking of hurt hands, comes from Squaresoft. A follow-up to one of the, the most brain-busting games on the PlayStation. The, the to- like what made, may have single-handed, not single-handedly, but like one of the four games to make, Play, the PlayStation is such a roaring success. This is out this week, the 11th. Coming this
1: fall, the most anticipated action adventure of the year. A story of one man's struggle to save mankind from extermination and his quest to win the heart of the woman he loves. An epic so stunning, your emotions will stir, your heart will race, and your thumbs will be really, really sore. Final Fantasy VIII
0: coming to a home theater near you. PlayStation. Yeah, Final Fantasy VIII, mm. and it's it's pimping out the home theater aspect. Like you're gonna want a big screen to see this. Yeah. This is gonna be epic. So many beautiful CG cutscenes. And while I didn't play this, I got high and watched a ton of people play it. Mm. And uh, <laughs> I call Just it the, the most divisive play, uh, Final Fantasy game on the PlayStation. Is that that seven was this. Welcome back! This completely new thing that changed totally changed what everyone thought a Final Fantasy could be. Whereas Nine was like, okay, we've taken this to the future. Let's go back and celebrate the old Final Fantasies. And this one's square in the middle, which it's a little more futuristic than Seven. Nine, they went back and went sort of like Meiji and big wizard hatty. Uh, but I prefer the look of this shit. I prefer the pinks and the yellows and the futuristic colors and mm. the, uh, the different settings. But again, I didn't. Actually, I have never actually played this, but I was captivated by watching it in 1999 on my friend's 40-foot-tall, 60-inch <laughs> DLP burnt-out uh, reception TV set. And Final Fantasy VIII is out this week, and that's a big deal. But that is it for 1999. we got to wrap this shit up. So why don't we go ahead and close out with you're welcome, Diana. Wig in a box from the Hedwig uh, original cast soundtrack. Yay! And uh, when you see us again, you'll know it's 2009.
1: Love and bake up and pull the weight down from the shelf. Suddenly, I miss Beehive
2: 1963. Until I wake up, then I turn back
1: to myself.
2: Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the laser time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste.
0: Did you see the fire festival documentary? I watched both of them actually. You did? Yes. See, I didn't watch the Hulu one. I prefer the Netflix one. Now, the, the clip that went viral, I meant to get it. It's its this, like, wonderful man, like this uh, kind of older gay event promoter guy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right, who has this thing, like, they told me, we have $200,000 worth of water that is stuck in customs, and we need you to go down there, take one for the team, and suck the guy's dick and get it out. And he's like, oh, okay. Okay, I'll do it. It's like, And he gets down there, and the guy's like, really nice, and like, yeah, take the water. Don't no you one don't should die of thirst. No yeah. No one should die of thirst and like were they pranking him? He didn't seem to be I like, don't know. He, that, he had way little was he, he speaking had
4: speaking metaphoric.
0: He had like no animosity towards this guy. No, he seemed like very like earnest in the anecdote, but I'm kind of like
2: how is this fucking true? Yeah.
0: Look, that's the question of the week. Would you suck dick to free up two hundred thousand dollars worth of water in a bad situation. I can't drink that much water. <laughs> I'm saying if it could go to like a hurricane victim or something like that. Don't uh, don't shame me. I'm not no. shaming you. I just okay, okay, question of the week.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: How long do you think before we're all sucking dick? For water?
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreoncom lasertime.
3: Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of February 8th through 14th, two solid recommends. Yay! Uh, Let's start with February 12th, 1954. 65 years ago this week, we have the release of... This is weird and timely. A movie we talked about last week. Uh... That Chris heavily recommended I also heavily recommend and then the leading lady last week also passed away I hope we didn't like psychically kill her but leading lady passed away uh, age 92 so I have to recommend creature from the black lagoon yay um, it's just good I I don't know what else to say about it I mean you can probably guess what it's about there's a lady there's a creature he's interested in her there's some kidnapping I mean it's basically King Kong but with a water guy but just the swimming scenes, like the underwater photography, considering that a camera was like the size of a mini fridge back then, is pretty dang good. And then also, Chris, do you want to come into the classic corner? I'm in, what's up?
0: What's going on, baby? Okay. RIP Julian. So
3: besides Creature from uh, the Black Lagoon, this lines up again, one of your favorite movies of all time is celebrating its 40th anniversary this week.
0: Why, 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 why? No, it's not good, fellas.
3: No, February 9, 1979, The
0: Warriors. The Warriors, one of the best movies of all time. Walter Hill's The
3: Warriors is one of the best movies. definitely one of the best adaptations of like Greek myth, never.
0: No. And uh, well, not only that, it's like yes, really. it is the best comic book movie and it is it is the most video gamey video game movie I've ever seen. There are literally separate levels. There's a there's a narrator and all the gangs dress different in every neighborhood you go to. It might as well be Streets of Rage. This is yep. such a wonderful movie. If you have not seen it, it is well worth watching, far beyond being able to quote the Cyrus, Cyrus Can You Dig It scene. Thank you, Diana, for allowing me to give that movie a shout out. It's so good. Don't get the director's oh, cut.
3: Oh, oh. oh, what's in the director's cut that's different? I haven't seen it. They
0: added comic book uh, transition pages in.
3: Oh, that's not needed. By the
0: way, 12 years ago. It's so it mm. got George Lucas special edition, so try not to get that one.
3: I've never even seen that one out, so I guess that's not too hard to do. But yeah, it's about a gang and then they uh, are framed for a murder and then they get chased down by a bunch of other gangs that also have themes like the baseball furies or the orphans who just they all dress like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo and they all suck. Um, It's just cool. It's just a cool damn movie. Uh, A lot of fun to watch. And that's it for this week. Stay classic.
0: 2009 with Eminem Dr. Dre and 50 Cent uh, Crack a Bottle it's number one this week congratulations to all these young men they really deserved it uh, <laughs> it's a weird thinking of them as young men uh, we also have new re- new music releases uh, for 2009 February 8th to the 14th we have Ryan Leslie's self-titled debut uh, Innocence and Instinct by Red Testimony Volume 2 Love and Politics by India R. E. the Lonely Islands debut album uh, deb- is this her debut album bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Incredibad,
0: yeah. which I believe is supposed to be the actual name of their of their group, but for some some reason I think someone it got named after the apartment that they lived in, uh, the Lonely Island. <laughs> they were supposed to be called Incredibad. Be interesting, almost. And uh, it's not it's not me, it's you by Lily Allen. Yes, and that is the new music releases for the week. But if I can hang on to the music for real quick, Limp Bizkit is back, baby. Yes. they reformed this oh, week in two thousand nine. Yeah, Finally. He, even West Borland in the silly suit said he'd come back and play guitar. You can the break world,
4: out my jean shorts.
0: Right, we haven't had an Olympic album since '04, but they said they're back and they're working on a new album, and I'm inclined to believe them. And it all feels right with the world. Thank you so much, Mr. Durst. Holy shit, that that is really funny. By the way, die Di, we again this week's Laser Time, and w- just look up Laser Time, people. I'm sure you'd like it. It's about charity songs. They did one in 2001. Mm-hmm. And it's very 2001. It oh, opens with like yeah. the stained guy and then yeah. a bunch of Durst people. I just was wondering if you ever saw that. It's it's the a cover video. of Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? And it is the yep. most overwrought oh, 90s no. thing I've ever seen.
4: The music video is so self-serious. And oh, no. it's basically the artists are singing and unwrapping a blindfold oh. that's wrapped around their eyes that have like oh, different right. labels different on labels, them. Man. Like...
0: Yeah, but why is Gwen Stefani mo- removing a blindfold that says Asian on it? Right. <laughs> like, it's not.
1: Exactly. I don't
0: throw that around a lot. Like, Especially not at Gwen Stefani.
1: It's
4: like on The Office where Michael no, didn't want to. the wanna... Harajuku girls are trying to have a talk with her.
3: That's
1: okay. what's
4: happening. Oh, right. Ah, I was going to say, say it's like on The Office where Michael didn't want to call someone Mexican. <laughs> it's like, <laughs>
0: that's what they are. It's like the second episode. I know. Uh, welcome to 2009, people. I, I do believe I did see a new, speaking of political incorrectness, uh, Miley Cyrus right. had to apologize for doing a picture. Do you remember this?
4: Wait, she recently?
3: She appeared or in a picture that
0: people deemed racially oh, incentive. Right. Do you remember what she was doing? Oh,
3: no. No. That's not what I remember. It was. I remember that there was pictures of her and she, like, she's naked in a bed and she was still underage. but no. they're very artistic and stuff. But no, I don't remember this.
0: Exactly, this FBI. Quit hassling me. They're very artistic. No, uh, I wanted. She was doing something that was deemed racially insensitive in the picture. Do we have any guesses, given the climate that we live in now?
4: Wait, this just happened. This
0: happened in two thousand nine.
4: Oh, in two thousand nine. Okay.
0: Myler ain't doing shit wrong now. She's a nice country girl. Oh, right, right, mm-hmm. right,
4: right. right, Was she, Is she pulling in... her eyes back like she's Asian? <laughs> Is she wearing a Native American headdress?
0: No, Diana was. Diana nailed it immediately. Oh. Yes, she was. Uh, oh God. Which it turns out, yeah, maybe if you shaming someone 10 years for you i haven't heard of that being a thing ever since i have not seen that since since the schoolyard technically so uh yeah because it's dumb yeah a little (laughs) bit
4: Stupid. don't do that we we saw a
3: bunch of that with uh actually in the last world cup where um korea knocked out uh someone got revenge from mexico basically mexico got to advance uh and it was really cool people being like, you know, gracias, Korea. And, you know, we're, we're monos But then a lot of people were taking pictures, like, pulling their eyes back. Like, yay, Korea, we love you. And it's like, dude. Oh, yeah. No.
4: Yeah. No. Like, you're meaning well, but also, fuck you. Yeah, just don't do that. <laughs> like, just say, yay, don't Korea. Do it.
0: I'd say do it, but, like, just you, say yay, Korea. you need to find me some evidence of Koreans doing the equivalent to you. Which I... I'm <laughs> I just I just have to see that. I only think of that because I, I, back in that Korean cinema boom, like mm-hmm. I, there were two movies where like a, like a very traditionally Western handsome actor, like he would get shit from a Korean for being being called a round eye. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I, don't send me letters. I'm just reporting back something I saw. Sure. Um, movie. Speaking of movies. Or send them in a bottle. In 2009. They'll never get to us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, I love You know what? I love bringing in my house stray bottles.
4: <laughs> Wait, I have to go back to that for a second. The more quick. contents
0: inside of them, the better.
4: Real quick. I have to go back to it real quick. So in message in a bottle, when the way that he figures out that she f- tracked him down because of this bottle mm-hmm. is because they finally get to have sex at her house in Chicago, and then she goes to get in the shower, as all good women do after mm. sex, and he opens up her um, bedside table drawer, which you should never do, and <gasps> he do finds that. the bottle, and oh. he recognizes it. He recognizes a bottle?
2: A bottle? The
4: bottle that he put his letter in. How? More importantly, Have... why is it in her, like... A bedside table mm. uh, Wyatt,
3: no. mm. I think you already answered your own
4: question you <laughs> yeah, don't want to no. know I know as I was, the sentence came out I uh, knew it
0: oh, I, I you knew got, the answer y'all got dirty minds <laughs> I don't know I am in a mood today why am I getting so much trouble on this show uh, 2009 movies February 8th to the 14th Confessions of a Shopaholic starring uh, Kristen Ritter Hugh Dancy and Isla Fisher
2: this Valentine's Day a comedy about true love what I really need is a black Vanice shoe in the size 10
1: you speak Prada
2: high fashion. These
1: are the jeans that God wears and big dreams. Shoes, chunky
0: boots. Icon <laughs> give up <it> to me. <laughs> Confessions of a shopaholic. Fucking yikes. Women
4: be
1: shopping, oh, yo. Oh,
3: Oh man, be has ever a movie gotten fucked by time. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> this is not a good look.
3: <laughs> this is a very bad look. Right as the economy has shit everyone's oh, bed.
0: Wow. All right. Yeah.
3: Like, there were immediately think pieces about how dare they stupidly release this movie about a woman who's just a giant shopaholic who just loves luxury brand things that are like $5,000 for a handbag. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then it's based on a book again. And then she, you know, like, accidentally gets a job with a like the thrifty housewife paper or something and then she like goes start rising up the ranks but she's been lying this whole time and oh my god it's like yeah my house just got taken. I live on the front I'm on my own front porch now. Mm-hmm. Could we not with this? I'm mm-hmm. watching this movie like, through the window pane of an appliance store.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right
3: I'm waiting for them to throw out a, one of the old fridges so I can live inside it. <laughs> you can make your own yeah. house out of the unsold
4: DVDs
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh that's a good idea. That's just really stick them to together with gum. that's right. like yeah. bricks yep.
0: If only They made that many of them, which I doubt they did. You yeah, could probably. pull a what Everything is Terrible did with the Jerrys. that would be so much fun.
4: I can say that I did have yeah. not seen this movie, but I did read the book, and it's and a waste of
0: Isla I, would Fisher, yeah. I, just, I would not recognize.
4: I would not recognize, yeah.
3: I feel like it's a waste of everybody. I like mm. you, Dancy. I like Christian Ritter. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Isla Fisher. Um, but I, I'm also someone who's never understood the appeal of expensive luxury items, and uh, also I didn't have a job yeah. <laughs> so. I don't want your nonsense. Thank you. That's the right take. Bye, bitch.
0: Just hearing a trailer like that, I it makes you feel really good to have a dick. Like, oh, I don't have to do this. This is not for <laughs> okay. me. Uh same with this movie. I don't know what it was. Loved loved Clive Owen and Croupier. Mm. And then like I felt the closer. Uh Naomi Watts yeah. I also loved as well. But um, the international Mm -hmm. never i I had no interest in seeing this movie naomi watson Owen in the international
2: there has to be a way to bring down this bank
5: agent salinger is on the most dangerous case of his career you are accusing the world's largest bank of conspiracy and murder but when he got too close send a message he became the target everyone is involved everyone They always seem to be ahead of our game. The International crackles with tension. How
1: long do I have?
5: It's the perfect thriller for our times. Clive Owen, (sighs) Naomi Watts.
1: Stop the gun!
5: The International rated R, February 13th.
0: Yeah, no. This
3: movie is- Now this is good timing because this is about an evil bank fucking with people. True.
0: Always a good So I am
3: now interested (laughs) because banks are fucking with people. Unfortunately, this is Bo Ring. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, most of the reviews were like,
4: eh no.
1: It's
3: directed by Tom Tykwer, who I, I generally like, mm, but it's just sort of a mm,
4: no. I love Clive Owen so much. Like mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, for quite a long time he was like at the top of my list, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, he's just wasted in this, I think, and not—he's drunk. I meant his talents are <laughs> wasted in this. He might have been drunk. I don't know. Um, I feel like we should see more Clive Owen, and I wish—I wish we would. Yeah, I,
0: I think it's interesting looking at this type of movie, which I always kind of hated. Mm-hmm. This uh, corporate thriller. Um, I,
4: see. I usually popcorn love popcorn
0: corporate thriller. Yeah, I'm uh, usually uh, super Grisham. here for it. Uh, not not the Clooney Syriana stuff. I'll go see that, but uh, but I don't think this movie gets made anymore. Ever. When was the last time you saw anything like this, ever, in the movie theater? Mm. Pot
1: boiler, see, would you call it?
3: It's been a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing that's like I never do bother see them in the thrillers anymore. Or yeah. see this sort of thriller in a theater anymore. Yeah. True. No, true, true. Yeah, it's just, it's like too much trouble to go out and actually like pay to see a movie and then, for and then, something that... I don't need to see this on a big screen. I'm perfectly happy to wait and then it shows up on TV and then I watch it and go, eh, it turned out that was okay. And they get none of my money.
1: Mm. Well,
3: they just <laughs> don't make
4: a ton of thrillers, period, anymore, I feel like, unfortunately, yeah. which is one of my favorite genres because I am too scared to yeah. see horror movies. So I like a nice thriller. I agree.
0: Speaking of horror movies, uh, guess what I haven't seen? Hmm. <laughs> Having just Again, wrapped a...
4: happy Valentine's Day!
0: <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. Having just wrapped, uh, recently wrapped, An Elm Street Nightmare, uh, the patreon.com slash laser exclusive second season mm-hmm. to, uh, let's just say, uh, uh, let's just say our look at horror movie series where Dave, uh, 302010's, former 302010 host Dave Rudd and I went through all of Friday the 13th and he just pretty much told me flat out, don't watch Friday the 13th remake. Don't watch it. There's almost no reason for it. It doesn't need to exist now. These movies are fun because they're they're of an era, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot less to fear in them. It's not something that totally works now. But number one at the box office this week, this is one of the more successful horror remakes because they made a ton of these, and they all fucking tanked. Hmm. This is the closest, I think, Michael Bay's company got to any success in this regard. Derek Mears, Jared Padale, Amanda Reggetti in Friday the 13th.
2: Did you know a young boy drowned here? The counselors weren't paying attention. He was my son. His name was Jason. And today
1: is his birthday. Please! Please serve me! Friday the 13th. Just never remake
0: mm. this. Just stop. Just stop. They're trying to do it again. Just stop. I think LeBron James is attached, which is the only thing like, huh?
4: LeBron James? Okay, I'm a
0: little interested. Yeah, something like producing. That dude's got his... He's out in LA now. He's got his hands in everything. It's he's trying true. Trying to make a new Space Jam. Trying to make a new Friday, Friday the 13th movie. Mm. Uh, I, I I did not see this until the last second because I would have <coughs> watched it for 30 20 because I kind of want to put a cap on the other 10 Friday the 13th yeah. movies that I watched uh, <sighs> because they get... They get worse as they go. Um, but no, I, I just, I don't believe in the premise nowadays. Like, I don't think, you can't get, you can't do this that gory. Is there really an audience for killing eight or more children at a camp And
4: Does
3: anyone 2019? go to camp?
0: Does anyone go to camp anymore? This I also don't know. This I also don't know. I'm sure. Do we feel
3: like we need to punish teenagers for exploring their burgeoning sexuality?
0: Yes. Oh, good point. There's a canonical reason for that. That that's that's the yeah. mom thing. Yeah. Uh, but that's another thing about it. Like the trailer reveals everything that was exciting about the original yeah. Friday the Thirteenth. It just spoils it. <laughs> like odds are you already know it anyway. But like, what is the fucking point? True. You don't need to to remake. Make your own slasher, man. Just yeah, go just, get balls out, violent. Yeah. I don't think this works anymore. It bums me out. But you know, what does work that video game. Friday the 13th, the game is so good. Best movie game ever made. I can't talk about it because Diana says I'm not allowed to talk about any new stuff. Hmm. Um, but <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Trying to move myself on to television 2009. February 8th through the 14th, ladies and gentlemen. On the 8th, we have the 51st annual Grammys. Who won? Who lost? Yay. I have no idea. Uh,
3: um, Robert Plant and Alison Krauss uh-huh. won like... All of right. those stuff.
0: Man, you think you kids um, are mad at the Oscars. Imagine caring about the Grammys.
3: <laughs> oh my yes. god. I just the, No. Oh, I can't believe racing Sand Pete Vita La Viva or the Carter <laughs> 3. Like, or in Rainbows or you're the gentleman by Nayo. It's like, do you like how distant are all of those things? So like the most adult contemporary thing is going to win. The most mainstream. Thing which honestly kind of makes me surprised. It's not Coldplay, but
0: (laughs) Coldplay won a lot of awards.
3: Don't care. Yeah. Don't never care.
0: care. The Grammys is just sort of the worst. Uh, uh, To to the Oscars' fault, at least the Oscars tend to focus on a genre. I can call this that's an Oscar movie. Yeah. Whereas you can't pull in this much shit and and I don't know award it and please everybody. Kitty, get away from the microphone. Uh. Yeah.
3: Although uh, the best new artist category is pretty good. Who would uh Jasmine Sullivan, Lady Antebellum, Jonas Brothers Duffy, and the winner is Adele.
0: Adele. She took that's it. pretty good. Good honor. Yep. Uh, but also John Mayer won an award, so yes. can't account for taste. Uh, <laughs> Grammys. Uh, wow. What the fuck happened to this? Yeah, right? Um,
4: two seasons only.
0: Yeah. Uh, two seasons only. Important things with Dimitri Martin.
4: Yeah. Aw. I like that show. I did,
3: too. So that's the thing. Everybody
0: liked this show. I, if, if I'm not mistaken... Is the Colbert Report on in 1999? No. No, I don't think yeah. it is.
3: No, got to look
0: that. Having just done the Conan show, they said that's what hurt Conan's oh, yeah. show the most.
3: Yeah, yeah you're right. Because yeah. Jon Stewart's like just taken over.
0: Jon Stewart's just just barely taken over. No, well, in 99. Jon Stewart's yeah. been on for about 10 years. I mean, in 99. But I think this is part of his deal is that he gets to produce new shows. And this is the first show Jon Stewart brought to Comedy Central. Right. He, Dimitri yeah. Martin's Okay, yeah,
3: we're, we're right in the middle of the Colbert
0: Report run. And this yeah. is, and it got incredible ratings. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's the story of a lot of good Comedy Central shows. Yeah. uh, You get two, three seasons out of it and then it's over. Well,
4: I went back and looked, revisited a little bit of it um, because I was a huge fan. I really liked it when it came out. And I really liked Dimitri Martin. I think two seasons was fine for this, though. I think that that was the right choice. It's very of its time. It's very twee. Mm -hmm. It looks like Wes Anderson. I don't have any problems with Dimitri Martin or the type of uh, comedy. That he does, but
0: I have a problem with him.
4: It's basically Mitch Hedberg. I think
0: I think he lived in <laughs> San Francisco, and like every once in a while, I'm just like walking through Union Square. I'm like, dude, look at that John, look at that Dimitri Martin looking motherfucker. I'm like, wait, what? Oh no, he's staring at me now. Oh, what a weirdo. And then I never looked up. He did cut his hair, and that was totally him. And I was mm. completely staring down Dimitri Martin on, on numerous days for some mm-hmm. reason. Lots of icy <laughs> stares. Mm. Uh, but here's a little clip for the show.
2: Let's take a closer look at timing now, by looking at some data. This is the frequency with which a person urinates not in the bathroom, versus age. <laughs> it's a very interesting curve. <laughs> when you're a baby, you do that a lot. And you kind of grow up, and then you go to college, and it's like right back up. <laughs> this is pretty interesting. Time increments. Okay, you've heard of some of them. Fortnite. That's two weeks. Score, 20 years. Less common. The Ford score. <laughs> when you get laid every 20 years.
0: Nice. Vince very
2: Hedberg. cute.
0: Very, very cute. Yeah. Um, oh, man, but I do remember watching this show.
4: Oh, I'm sad I missed out on it because it looks right in my wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, it was It was just not... I don't want to say it wasn't good. It's just like uh, this was... Man, it feels like this is, again, evidence of a much different time when um, nobody wanted to use Joss Whedon. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: uh, Whereas now he's a sought-after writer and director. But uh, Elijah Dushku uh, got this job on the show Dollhouse and then got Joss Whedon the job on that show. So it's not something he created like Buffy, Firefly, Angel, all all the really great stuff that I like that Joss Whedon Mm -hmm. does. It was some kind of like work for hire. Mm. So some of the dialogue was a little... Weedon esque uh, dare I invoke an old website, but it, the premise, uh, they, they, they clearly had a premise in mind that didn't seem to strike, as a huge Buffy fan, like I just couldn't follow it. I followed it in the second season, just abandoned it, but uh, here's a little piece We're of it. We're talking
4: about Dollhouse.
0: We are talking about Dollhouse.
4: What, what's the premise of Dollhouse again? I,
0: just, I totally forget, like a girl with a it's, memory wipe to Yeah, secretly, it's uh,
4: basically, right. I think it'll explain it in the clip, if not. Okay, because I remember trying to understand it And just being like, "Uh,
3: I don't feel like it Yeah. Yeah I don't feel like trying to follow this
1: In their resting state Our actives are as innocent and vulnerable as children Now imagine creating a new personality A friend A lover And when the engagement has been completed All memory of you and your time together Will be wiped clean She's living the dream. Who's dreaming? (laughs) Woo! Uh, Yeah. it's Now that I think
0: about it, I remember resenting it because we didn't have any more Firefly or Serenity, but this is what River Tam was. Right. Because... And, yeah, yeah. bummer. Bummer.
4: Yeah, but, yeah, it's some organization, basically, that has a bunch of... I don't know if it's just women or if it's women and young women and Mm men, and they, I guess. Give them missions and then wipe their memory after mm-hmm. every mission, which is kind of like that old show, that Pretender. Right? Didn't he do that a lot? <laughs> Where he I like I don't
0: remember the premise of the show, but I remember that guy's haircut, me like the too. back of my hand.
4: And I remember he was like a new type of thing in every episode.
0: Yeah, I think she was. She could. Man, I do. I do. I I remember seeing the show through discs on Netflix. That is also indicative mm. of the era yeah. that we're talking mm-hmm. about. And, if, and
4: Summer Glau eventually shows up, right? I
0: don't remember. I think she might have been on that Sarah, Sarah Connor Chronicles. <laughs> That's Maybe true. she guest starred. Uh, also indicative of the era, the only sketch I can remember from this uh, this week's SNL, starring, uh, hosted by Alec Baldwin, I believe, in his 14th
1: mm-hmm.
0: hosting. And he would host a couple more times. And I looked it up today. It's a boring stat, but that Alec Baldwin has been on more SNL episodes than Billy Crystal, wow. who was a cast member. More than Martin Short. Damn. Wow. More than Jenny Slate. It's, it's crazy. Uh, but he hosts with musical guests the Jonas Brothers. But the notable one was, and I'll talk about this again in a second, the Wii was hot shit. Yes. And there's a <laughs> sketch here where the family is playing a Wii, and it doesn't it doesn't work at all in audio because it's all asking the whole family together to do jerk-off masturbation <laughs> motions. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very classy and made me giggle quite a bit.
4: Yeah. It also had a cold open with John... Bayner
0: it did with Dan Aykroyd. Played by
4: Dan Aykroyd, which is a weird choice. They didn't even tan him up.
0: Before like, anybody else did that, Dan that. Aykroyd was the only person to do that. Just appear on SNL yeah. without warning to play a new character.
4: It just okay.
0: Never consistently, but he did it he did it like once every four years. It's so weird. I hmm. love Dan Aykroyd. Again, we talk about him in this week's show because of <laughs> We Are the World. What yes. the fuck? <laughs> um So if I can segue from that sketch into games. It is a huge week for video games. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I I think if you haven't heard us explain that at, that, at this point, every game is aiming for the holiday Christmas season. They get delayed. Shit doesn't work. Multiplayer is not going. They all get delayed until the next year. So like by default at this point, I think March and February and become the most rewarding, the games that actually bother to polish themselves and not release broken in the holidays would come out a few months later. And this is another huge week. Uh Sony's flower. If you've never played that, it is so great. I think now you might have even played it.
3: Maybe. It very... What's it about?
1: What's it's, it
0: like? You uh, play the dreams of a flower living in the city. And you there you don't I don't know if you can use the buttons. I think you hold the six access controller and tilt it back and forth as you hmm. act like a pedal in the wind. It's it's hella relaxing and like Every from adults who say they hate video games to children who have never played one, I can put the controller in someone's hand and they can instantly like play as this flower petal trying to attract other flower petals and floating along the grass. It's very, very interesting. And it's out for PS4 now, too. And it's fucking gorgeous. Uh, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection. I can't, you can't really call it Ultimate if it was uh, 10 years ago and there's been 10 Genesis collections since. Then. <laughs> but it was the easiest way to get achievements because all you had to do was play every one of these awful games in between Sonic and Streets of Rage. Yeah, I'm talking like Decap Attack and Flicky and Mean Bean Machine, all that stuff. If you want almost a full 1,000 achievements very easily, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection. Uh, we also have Loco Roco 2, one of my favorite yeah. games of all time, Retro Game Challenge. Hmm. Uh, fuck, what is it? Game Center CX? Is that the name of the show? It's a show in Japan that's been on for years about a grown man who tries to play through video games kind of ahead of its time because you think that's what everybody's doing now but it was like on television in japan for a long time so he made a game based off his experiences but you'd start out as a kid and you'd read magazines about tips and tricks for games previews for new games that would come out slowly accumulate new games so you're technically playing as this child meta yeah and you end up getting games like pole position and final fantasy that are and Galaga, games that are not those games, but very much like them. Oof. And it's so cute and funny, and you can, reading all these old game magazines talking about basic-ass games, sitting on the floor, Native American style, as you play NES games. It's it's so fucking cool, and it's very rare. If you find it, scoop it up. If you can get me a translated copy of the sequel, do that too. I love Retro Games Challenge. It's really, really good. Uh, X Blades, which I only mentioned because they, I think it was some Russian company publishing this anime game. They kept sending us stuff including, like, full standees and, like, just a bunch of booby stuff oh. uh, back when you could still do that. And just, <laughs> yeah. like, here's an art book, and, like, every page, every other page had, like, drawn on semen on the pages. So, like, it just, it's Idiot? a much, it's a much, much different time. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Yeah, it makes me feel really old. Onichimbara is also out, a game starring... <laughs> Uh, bikini-clad zombie killers. Uh, I believe I was in Tokyo for the TGS show, and you could take a picture with the game by putting your head between two giant tits. And what? <laughs> it's,
3: oh it's a thing, baby. Why? It's it really is too bad that these social justice warriors have ruined video games
0: forever. <laughs> um, and I'm not even done yet. The stupidest game I've ever heard of. Hmm. Uh, I tried. I thought I wrote something clever about this a long time ago. NASCAR kart racing. So, kart racing's a Wait, thing. what? Right.
1: NASCAR kart? NASCAR kart,
0: kart racing. Okay. Kart racing is a simulation of a simula- simulation. So is NASCAR. So, you're simulating NASCAR in a simulation of a simulation of NASCAR. Hmm. Why bother with this? Have a NASCAR Why? game and play Mario Kart. I know, right? And uh, What
3: the crap? How is, I mean, is it NASCAR and that it's just like the NASCAR drivers or their cars? But they're not their cars. Yeah. Karts.
0: But now they have their little heads poking out the top and have power ups and stuff uh, mm. like oh Mario God. Kart, but with real NASCAR drivers and licensing. It's ridiculous. It's the, it's one of the dumbest Ugh. things I've ever heard of. And last but not least, a game that is kind of bad, but super cool and weird and again, a product of, of its time. Sega goes back to House of the Dead, which I, it's just a I'm sure someone everyone has seen or played House of the Dead, a very arcade standard zombie shooter. But it's always it's one of my mom's favorite games to play on the PC. She oh. she plays like Zumba and House of the Dead on, on the PC. She loves it. Uh, but House of the Dead is great. It's been it's very been very fun for the whole family. The dirtiest thing in House of the Dead uh, was this voice clip. Don't come. Don't come. But you that's all, it's all chalked up to some mistranslation. Well, you know,
4: I was feeling like... I the Russians to, about that, all
3: right?
0: Yeah. I
4: was feeling in this episode like maybe I made too many vagina jokes, but I think I'm okay that now. Is,
0: that is literally just a girl <laughs> asking a, a zombie to back off, like get away from me. Sure. Uh, so Sega releases House of the Dead Overkill. I remember they, they gave us the games in like VHS cases. It was right after Grindhouse, which is an experience and movie that I loved. I loved Grindhouse. And so they, instead of making it this like stark arcade fun for the whole family zombie game, it gets super fucking dark. And so House that Overkill comes out, with brand new playable characters and a lot of cursing and violence.
1: A tough talking Playboy cop living on the edge.
0: I figured we killed every motherfucker who stands in our way. A rookie agent
1: playing by the rules. Work so far, I guess. And a voluptuous vixen bowing violent retribution.
2: I'm going to shove this gun so far down your throat that I've got to
3: force my hand up your ass to pull the goddamn trigger.
0: <laughs> so just
1: <laughs> wow. needlessly
0: and wow. uh, We laughed at it at the time, but it's it wasn't not fun. And it's kind of the last House of the Dead thing ever. And mm-hmm. it was exclusive for the Wii at the time. I believe PS3 eventually got a port of it. But that's a bummer because House of the Dead is weirdly, it's kind of just a ubiquitous series. I've loved all of them. It's mm-hmm. even had a, it was Uwe Boll's first video game movie, House of the Dead. That's what we're oh, talking about. Oh, right? God,
3: why are you wow. reminding me of that You're piece welcome. of shit? Wow. You're welcome.
0: That so that intercuts to gameplay footage of a very, very old game, even in 2003. It's a very strange <laughs> film. And that yes. about wraps up 2009, y'all. Hmm. How about that? How about that? Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com or maybe, hey, even support us at patreon.com slash lasertime. Exclusively for you guys at the $5 level, we have over 100 bonus podcasts for you to listen to all about Friday the 13th or what we've been doing this week or reviews of recent movies. Uh, right now we have a brand new episode of the 302010 listener strike back uh, where we take your comments and your replies and your thoughts on things that we've talked about on the show are we wrong are we assholes are we justified hmm. uh, we let you figure it out and it's a very very cool thing to do and it's available exclusively for our patrons at patreon.com/lasertime uh once again if you're over the 10 dollars level where you guys are going to be able to help pick laser time upcoming laser time topics that, this week we're not out of ideas, no. I just think it'd be interesting. To, I'm having more fun researching things I wouldn't have thought of. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really I wouldn't mind exploring some things out of my wheelhouse because I want to exit my wheelhouse a little bit. I'm alone a lot is what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, we, I, I, yeah, make sure to check that out. And can maybe consider supporting Laser Time Time's uh, Patreon. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can help us hang in there. Maybe get a new fucking hard drive or computer so we don't lose a show ever again. Uh, and some of this hardship can be alleviated. And also check out Vigigame Apocalypse if you want more sound bites of us and us laughing at old video game sounds with uh, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Parez, and Maddie Allen. Uh, Diana, where can people find you?
3: Uh, they can find me on Twitter at ListenInerd, L E C I N E N E R D, or uh, follow the show at 302010podcast so you can see uh, what's coming up or. Give us stories about stuff you remember, or start arguing about how who's Harry Crumb got robbed at the Oscars. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure did. Uh, oh, I robbed myself at the plugs. Uh, I forgot to plug this week's episode of Laser Time, which uh, Sarah came up with the idea for star-studded celebrity uh, charity songs. Yes. and it's oh, wonderful boy. and terrible at the same time. Mm-hmm. All these songs are t- like not only sorry, Sarah. Most of them are very terrible. Oh,
4: agreed. I fully agree. But
0: they sold so. M- well and got played so much they can't be played again and like and nobody's watching them on on youtube either
4: except for me (laughs) except for you
0: (laughs) if you want to see a bunch of celebrities together for in four second chunks it's a really good cool thing to check out and we try and recreate that in podcast form for you also last week's show was all about conan o'brien's tonight show the rise and fall it's uh an episode i'm very proud of worked really hard on worked also very hard on a commentary we did for conan's 10th anniversary episode if you're a patron uh, you can see this. If you are not a patron, you can't download it. It doesn't exist anywhere. DVD's out of print and it's not online. So I had to scare up a copy and make it available for you guys. And I I, I think it's one of the funniest things. It's one of my favorite things to watch if I'm in need of a laugh. It's just it's, it's mostly clips, the greatest hits of the show. It's really, really, really fun. So check that out. You'll get it for the $5 level at patreon.com/slash I also got to say this show is executive produced by Danny Binion and many other fine people at patreon.com slash lasertime. Diana, who we did?
3: Uh, we only have one death this week to talk about with the deaths and the births, but uh, James Bond. Ba-na, ba-na, ba-na.
0: <laughs> which, which James Bond?
3: Exactly. Uh, actually, in 1989, we lost the ornithologist James Bond, who is 89, but that's who James Bond was named after. Oh. Because Ian, Ian Fleming wanted kind of a short, punchy name, and he happened to see
4: this oh, yeah. book on the shelf. About birds, That's and right. not- nobody—that's good. Nobody is more cool than a bird watcher.
0: True. Oh, a bird watcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see. I thought it I was think bugs. James
4: Bond watched a different kind of bird.
0: I had a joke in the chamber. And I, <laughs> I, I, I thought was bugs. <laughs> oh no, I'll have to use it somewhere else. We have to come back from the desk and see who was bone. Oh,
1: birthday, ah, birthday quiz. All
3: right. This is a good one because we have someone turning 50 and 99. We're going to talk about this person so many times this year for a bunch of really great stuff. Ooh. So, born February 11th, 1969. I said, turning 50. Nice. Does not look up, it. Brother. Looks... <laughs> She looks amazing. Um, She's the daughter of two actors, one of whom is a lifer on Days of Our Lives. And when I say lifer, I mean, he started in 1985, and he is still on it now.
1: Hmm.
0: The dad's still on it. Yes. Mm.
3: Okay. Also, I can't believe this. It turns out uh, her first role as a child was uncredited in Mac and Me.
0: Whoa. What? What? I know. It's not Nikki Cox, right? No, That's that's Terminator 2 She's, okay. Right. He, he it's broke.
1: not Terry Hatcher Is it?
3: No but that's a good guess, huh. uh, a good guess. Also So I already thought that that was pretty cool To be in Mac and me but I found out She was offered a spot to be a featured player on SNL But turned it down to do a regular series Which was really ballsy Because her four previous series Had all failed huh. They were mm-hmm. called Molloy, Muddling Through The Edge and Ferris
4: Bueller
0: Oh uh Fuck, 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 fuck.
4: Jennifer Grey? No.
0: No. Close? Is close? E- not Sloan uh, Peterson. It's not Edie McClurg?
3: No. no.
0: Fuck, the, was the Edge the sketch show? Yes. Fuck, who was the, 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 the woman from Square One that was on that show?
3: Joan shit? Cusack? No. Oh. Some of the things we've talked about that she's been on are uh, Friends with Money, He's Just Not That Into Jennifer you. Anderson. And the th- There You, go. What? and the 30 oh, Rock what? Night Court at Reunion.
0: Oh. <sighs> God damn it. And she's writing it down in her notebook.
4: It's okay, you're ahead.
0: Yeah, but not by a comfortable margin. I want to last it. Just by one.
4: (laughs) But
3: coming up, just this year, in April, we get to talk about the South Park episode she's on where they go to the rainforest. Oh, the brown note? We get to talk about the iron giant, and next week we get to talk about the best movie she ever made.
0: Ooh, I know what you're talking about. I I do. You do. And you jerk, she was in the Ferris Bueller TV show. That's where she played Sloan Peterson. Oh, mm-hmm. should have I'm going to put bit. on
3: all my flair for next week
0: <laughs> I know what it is uh, yes yeah I, oh 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 I can't wait <laughs> uh, <laughs> so be back next week everybody and maybe check out another laser time podcast like did Game apocalypse or laser time maybe check us out on patreon tell a friend review the show we love you let's close out with a little bit of miso horny from Ooh. Two Live Crew always a classic you ah uh, yes it brings the every wedding it brings a house on at every wedding so <laughs> everyone whip your butts out dance a little <laughs> bit to Two Live Crew miso horny we'll be back next week
2: <laughs>